You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. I'm Angie. In the studio with me is Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hey, good day, Angie. We are in the series about leadership and why is leadership so darned important? Because we have a lack of it in <laughs> well, today's culture, right? I feel like that anyway. And I think we could all be better leaders. Yeah. And it's not really just for the leaders or the supervisors or the people that are in those positions. All of us should be leaders because we have a, a world to share this gospel with. And we, we have sure to lead do. in that way. And that's what Jesus said and did. And you know what's interesting today, Angie, what we're going to begin to unpack today is leadership as it relates to submission. Now, right away, you might think of, okay, yeah, well, subjects submitting to their leader. But I want to unpack a little bit about leaders having submission. I mean, that's kind of what Jesus did, but I'm not (laughs) going to steal your thunder. Go for it. Absolutely. So I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 22 to begin with today. And starting in verse 15, then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians saying, teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God in truth, nor do you care about anyone for you do not regard the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? When Jesus perceived their wickedness, he said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius, which is a day's wage. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? In verse 21, And they said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, render therefore to Caesar the things which are Caesar's and to God the things which are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. And we could probably spend a whole bunch of time on this particular thing. But it's interesting that Jesus was being confronted by those who were, their motive was to trap him, entangle him in his words, it says here in the New King James. But what's happening is the Herodians, you know, they are Pharisees, if you will. They are religious leaders, and they were very pompous, and they were trying to trap him in their religiosity. But yet when Jesus was confronted by them, his response was very very interesting because his response was one of leadership, but one of submission. And so while they're trying to trap him, he starts talking about this. Well, listen, render unto Caesar's, what is Caesar's, but render unto God, which is God's. And I think Jesus is starting to plant a seed here, right? Because being trapped by them, they're trying to say, well, what should we do with the taxes? Should we pay the taxes, right? It's, should we obey the law of the land? Yeah. And so this leadership thing rises up and says, listen, you need to do that. And Jesus blew their minds. Render unto Caesar's because Caesar represented what to the religious Jews? What did he represent to them? Think about this. Caesar represented to the religious Jews someone that was over them and oppression, Angie. You see what I'm saying? And yet Jesus being tested, whoa, here's this guy who claims to be a man of God, and we're going to nail him on this. Well, and they also, everybody was talking about Jesus and kept talking about him being the next king. Exactly. And they thought that he was going to 
rescue them from right. the oppression. Right. So, yes, I can see an, on many different levels how they were trying to trap him. Yeah, and I bet they guessed that he would come against Caesar. Exactly, if that was truly his motive. Right. But it wasn't. But it wasn't, and I think that blew their minds. So we're going to flip over real quick to Romans chapter 13, a very familiar passage of Scripture, especially in these days. We've all been uh, confronted with this, if you will. Romans 13, just verses 1 and 2, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities which exist... Are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment upon themselves. Paul is laying out here in this thing that we are to submit to authorities that are over us. Should leaders do that, or should leaders be exempt from that? Well, of course not, because Jesus modeled it, right? Right. And he said, hey, listen, no, you need to render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, but unto God that which is God. And so Paul, echoing the sentiments of Christ himself here, is saying, listen, these people in leadership are appointed by God himself. And so if you're resisting your leadership, you're resisting God. It's actually deeper than just being submissive to the government. It is. It's really, are we falling in line with God? Are we being submissive to him under the authority, whether we agree with our authority or not? God has placed them there for whatever reason. He's never out of control. And we have to remember that. But he wants us to be submissive to him and to just say, we don't know your ways. Your ways are higher than our ways, but we submit to him. Right. And like I said, We don't know why those people are in office or whatever, but we have to trust God that he knows because he sees the future. And you know, Angie, especially in our modern culture right now, the things that we've been faced with here recently, I believe that as Jesus pointed out, he said, listen, you do need to render unto Caesar's what is Caesar's, but you also need to render unto God what is God's. Well, aren't we God's? So we have to make sure that we're surrendering ourselves to God. Yes. But the stuff that we're in this world and we have to abide by the law of the land, we have to kind of fall in line. Fall in line. It's why I don't speed. (laughs) I mean, right. (laughs) I mean, I may just just a bit, but no, but that's what I'm saying. We have to abide by the law. Yeah. And I think this last passage of scripture that we're going to read today. I think we'll begin to unpack this just a little bit deeper. Like you said, Angie, it kind of warrants a little bit more deeper thought, a little bit more unpacking to really fully understand what's being said here. And I love it because, of course, Jesus said it, and here's Paul echoing it in Romans. And now we're going to see how Peter echoes the same exact thing. These guys are in line, they're in the spirit, and they're talking about the same exact thing. Those are the things that I love about. It's not just a scripture taken out of context, but it's a precept. You see what I'm saying? It's a principle. It's something that Jesus and the apostles talked about and walked about. So starting in 1 Peter 2, in verse 13, it says this, Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors as those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. 
For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, yet not using your own liberty as a cloak for vice, but as servants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. It's really well put, I feel like, by Peter right here. He's laying it out, especially verse 15, for this is the will of God. So for us to submit, Angie, is the will of God, Peter is saying, right? Submit to those who are in authority. And he's saying, listen, you're doing this to honor God. Mm-hmm. First and, and, and foremost, and yes. First and foremost, this is what you're doing because submission is of God. Because remember, the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. So God is big on obedience. And when he places leaders in positions of authority over us, by us honoring them, we're honoring God. Peter says it's the will of God to do so. And he said, listen, submit to yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. We're doing this for the Lord's sake. I love this because we are representing the Lord. Mm, We talk about this all the time, Angie. So no matter what position you're in, no matter if you're a leader or not a leader, right? Your position is for the Lord's sake to honor those who God has put in Mm. place over us. It's not about whether we agree. Just want to reiterate that. That's very good. And it's funny because, Angie, I said this all fair before we started. This is not where I really wanted to go (laughs) with all of this. But the Holy Spirit really took me to here to say, listen, render unto Caesars that which is Caesars, but render unto God that which is God. And we need to know and understand that because we're doing it, as Peter says, for the Lord's sake. Mm, Yeah. Right? In representation of him. Because why? Because this is exactly how Jesus did it himself. So let me ask you, why didn't he honor the Pharisees if they were put into leadership position? Well, listen to this, Angie. He actually very often went into the synagogues and taught them. Mm -hmm. He did. Yes. So in order to win them over, right? And I believe he's sort of holding them accountable to this piece here. Well, you guys are used to honoring Caesar with Caesar's things. But listen, I want to remind you also that you are to honor God for God's sake. And I think that he answered their question because think about this, Angie. He didn't just blow off their questions because they came and tested him very frequently in the gospels. And he didn't just blow them off. Like, I don't have to answer to you. You understand what I'm saying? Like he didn't, but yet he did answer them in order to teach them. Mm. I believe that he submitted to them in as much as let me help you understand the will of God. Mm, interesting. And that's what I, that's the way I see that because I think honestly, if it were me, I'd have a much harder time <laughs> with that. Right. It's like, why do you keep badgering me? And he asked them several times and he also called them here hypocrites. Yeah. Right. In yeah. Matthew 22 here, he said, you hypocrites, but yet he continued on and he still answered their question. So to me, he still submitted to that because even though their motives were wrong in asking the question, but they still did ask the question. And he answered that question 
as a form of submission. Mm. I really truly believe that. That's good. You good know, it's, answer. It's like it's like giving somebody the time of day. You yeah. heard that phrase? Yeah. Well, I don't feel like giving them the time of day. Well, you know what? Jesus modeled the opposite of that. Yeah, right? that's true. Yeah. Very good. And so these were his enemies for sure, but yet he submitted to them and answered the questions. So to sum this all up, Angie, I think what we're looking at today or what we're really unpacking all of this. So what is Jesus saying? What is Paul saying? What is Peter saying? Which they're all saying the same thing, but slightly different. And that's the kind of thing that I love because as the Holy Spirit put the same kind of concept on each of their hearts, they articulated it slightly different. And I think it really helps us to understand what God is saying to us. That, listen, the greatest leader, Jesus said this, is what? If you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, you have to be what? The least. The least. You have to be the servant of all. You have to be the least of all. And putting yourself there. And I think that's what all three of these guys are saying here. Listen, submit. Submit to what you're under. And you're right, Angie. You don't have to understand fully Think about this, Angie, in your military background. Did you always agree with everything that was being... Nope. No, but you did what you were told to do because you were supposed to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And in Jesus' case, he's saying, if you want to be a Christian, if you want to be Christ-like, if you want to reflect me, right, this is what I'm instructing you to do. And I love it because the apostles followed suit. Yes. And they're saying the same thing their Lord said mm. and our Lord says. Fantastic. So we're going to move into testimony time now, and uh, hold your hats because this is a good one today. My good friend now, I, it's safe to say I'm a good friend with Robert Bender, who actually serves on the Shine FM Ohio board with me. Robert, welcome to Time to Revive. You know what, Mark? I, I think it is safe to say that we're friends now that we've been through the trenches, so that's, that's a good thing. But thank you so much for having me. I, I'm, I'm super stoked to, to share with you guys. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, I guess uh, if you share a foxhole together, you become friends, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. So, You're brothers. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, we are unpacking this thing called leadership, and Angie and I talk about this a lot, about, you know, you take a subject and... You, you put it out there, and what happens is, wow, you start thinking about usually just a word, just a term like that, and you start thinking about, well, how do you articulate that term, like biblically and what Jesus said, what the apostles said, all these things. But, you know, we're diving into this thing, just getting rolling with this thing called leadership, okay? And as soon as you hear the term, usually a person or a couple people come to your mind when you hear the word leadership. And honestly, Robert, since I've been serving on the board with you, I think of you when I think of leadership because uh, you're a great leader, but yet I watch you lead with humility. And that's one of the things that we're starting to talk about in this program and this leadership thing is, um, of course, Jesus modeled leadership so well by his humility. And I wanted to just kind of get your perspective on it, because I know, Robert, you're going to give us a biblical perspective on it, just because that's how, how you are, and that's what makes you tick. But I kind of wanted to just hear your heart in two questions, I guess, Robert. Number one, what do you see as good leadership? And secondly, on the other side of the coin, what have you seen that's really not so good of leadership? Wow, that's a loaded question. 
you know, while you were talking, I just had this memory of my grandfather who I always thought was, man, he was the greatest man alive. I remember when he passed away, it really shook me. Hmm. But he poured wisdom into me every time we'd get to talk, sometimes humorous wisdoms, you know, and he was a, a small business leader, a father of 10. And um, one of the things I remember, I mowed the grass. It was the first time I mowed the grass on his his uh, lawnmower, uh, and it was a big tractor, actually. We had the, the belly mower under it, and, and uh, I remember, you know, coming in, feeling like on top of the world. I just mowed the grass, and he made the comedy. He's like, you should probably pay me to mow the grass because you have so much fun doing it. <laughs> um, but then he said, you probably feel like you've got it down pretty well, don't you? And I said, yeah, yeah, I do. He said, I just want you to remember something. No matter how well you have something down or how good you think you are, there's always somebody out there that can beat you. And I'm not telling you that so that you always feel like you're, you don't feel like you can be the top, but to remember that you make mistakes when you think you're unbeatable or that there's no one that you have to, in leadership, there's no one you have to report to. Wow. So in my position, I, I think I've been really fortunate. I came into a, a company that's uh, well-established, and we have about 100 employees and that was a huge shock for me because previous to that, I had less than 10. Mm. So um, it, it's kind of a – and then you're getting into a business that's very well established and, and has long-term employees. Good leadership, number one, listens. Um, just coming in, and my first thought was I'm not making any changes. I'm setting a, a, a time frame not to make changes because I want to see how it runs. And what's funny is that, that once that time frame passed – I started making some changes, and I still didn't have enough depth of knowledge. And then I realized there's so many times that somebody didn't like the change, and I really didn't take their – I thought it was more like, hey, we've always done it this way. This is why I want to do it kind of attitude. I didn't take what they said to heart and then realized, oh, I need to change that back, and here's why we were doing it a certain way. Hmm. Um, but good, good leadership listens. The other thing is, is I serve in a church, and I'm so thankful for the way that I was taught – about leadership or serving on a committee or it's so hard when you go to church and you want to be, uh, you want to serve on a committee. And sometimes you've got some jostling of, of people wanting to be in charge, even though they're not the person in charge. And, and that's not a bad thing to, to really want to assert your, your influence or your ideas. But, you know, James tells us that you don't want to rush to be a teacher because we're, we're now, we have a stricter judgment. Right. You know, there's, so when you're a leader, you have to understand that now, Somebody is, you know, God's going to judge you uh, in more in depth as a as a leader, as a teacher. So I think the biggest thing is is, you know, there's there's wisdom in multiple counselors, and there's also wisdom in bringing in multiple people to talk about a situation, even though you're the decision maker or the leader. But I think a, a good leader learns to listen. A good leader learns how to follow first. It's mm, uh, good. To me, that's so important because if you've never been a good follower, how, how can you lead? There's so many people that don't want to take the time to follow. You know, you get into a church and, and maybe it's a, a, you know, somebody wanting to be a pastor or the, or an evangelist, and they're listening to the person behind the pulpit that God has placed over you for a season or for a time or for a purpose. And in your heart, you're scheming like, oh man, I could do this so much better, or I would do this so differently. And really that's God's timing to put you under someone to learn and to, to humble yourself, because sure sure enough, as you're sitting in the leadership spot, you're now going to have that grumbling behind you. Oh, I can do this so much better. I can't believe they made this, this kind of decision. So those are, I think, 
some of the main points. The other good thing about a leader is a leader is always still learning, yeah. uh, reading Proverbs. I have this uh, little method that I like to follow. First thing in the morning, I always get up and read. Sometimes I'm I'm the lazy reader. I still lay in bed while I read, but you know I get up and read. I always do that first. But you know, there's 30 to 31 days in a month, and there's 30 to there's 31 proverbs. Right. So reading reading a proverb a day, you know, that may be an old book, but it sure still stands the test of time as far as as wisdom goes. There's some great leadership things in there. And I think the final point on being a good leader is is really knowing that you're working not just for your employer or you're working for you still answer to God. We're told that to you know in the Bible the slave owners are told to take care of their servants, you right. know, and, and to treat them with respect. And you know, not that your employees are your slaves, that should never be the case, but we should treat our employees with a lot of respect and think of how we want to be treated. So it's always, you know, I always how would I want someone to treat me? Um, that's how I think about, you know, approaching a situation. And sometimes making a decision that's not going to be liked, but it's a way to also assert that you're you're the leader and you're you're making the right decision. And, and people come to respect that when you start to stand on, on your principles. So, you know, I'm really blessed to work in, a, in an organization where they've started to trust me more and more. I mean, I've been here for a while now and, and um, you know, and it's nice when, when sometimes you can close the door and they come to you and they know that you're a Christian leader and they drop something out of the blue, like either a family problem or something that's bothering them, and you can counsel them in that, that point. So whether you're a supervisor on a shop floor or you're the, the shift manager at Wendy's or whatever that is, it's not appropriate for you to be out banging the Bible and, and uh, you know, thumping people, but letting them know where you stand. And then when the time's right, they will come to you. So that's that's the ultimate pleasure I have. I think, you know, I'm not here just to provide a paycheck for my, my household. It's God wants me to reach someone, and that's I'm always on the lookout for who, who God wants me to reach. Now, on the converse, a not-so-good leader doesn't do those things. Right. They don't listen. They make snap decisions. They maybe made their way to leadership quickly without serving. Right. Um, you know, they don't listen to their employees. They don't bring them in. A good leader will are sometimes maybe afraid of what their employees will think and make the wrong decision in that way. So, I mean, you can just take the it's kind of like a yin and yang or the other opposite side of the coin and flip leadership and what's good and what's not good. But or when you say things that that cut and hurt, you know, that that's the other thing you can't, you know, I always tell my kids when they say, well, I said, I'm sorry, after they said something bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's like squeezing the toothpaste, though. You can't put it back in. It's, hmm, it's already that's out there. good. So let's not squeeze the toothpaste if we don't have to. It's kind of the way I yeah. explain it to them. But please do when you're brushing your teeth, kids. Just, in, you know, I, I think people automatically assume I'm a leader. One, I'm well-spoken, but I think it's because I got seven kids. So yeah. they think I can lead. <laughs> you got great practice. So, yeah, no. People always ask us how, how my wife and I do it. And, and I realized, you know, I woke up one morning and David, uh, who at that time was maybe four, uh, he's, you know, going to be six soon, but... I came up, I woke up about 7.30 in the morning, I heard the TV on. He was sitting on the couch, eating a bag of Doritos with the TV on. And I thought, hmm, that's how they do it. That's how we do it. The kids just learn how to survive. We're just, <laughs> we're just holding on to this thing. So right. um, anyways, that's, you know, that's my humility. I'm not the greatest father on the planet. I, I mean, people think that just big families have it all together. and We're, we're kind of like the duck. And that's a good leader, too. I was talking talk about my duck analogy. If you see a duck swimming on the water, it's the most smooth and graceful thing. Yeah. But underwater, they are paddling to beat heck. And sometimes <laughs> that's what it's like. 
you know, if something's bad going on in your business or in your ministry and you're kind of concerned, the last thing you want to do is, is project that there's a, a huge problem when it's not necessary, because sometimes that unsettles the ones that are thinking, well, is this the right place for me to be? Am I supposed to be working here? Or am I supposed to be attending this church or coming to this? So that's part of part of that, too, is just being the duck when, when it's appropriate. Yeah. And so uh, I'm thinking about this, Robert, as you're articulating those sorts of things. One of the things we try to do here most frequently is we try to make practical application out of it, right? We take one of these concepts that we talked about, and in this case, it's leadership. And like, what's practical? You know, like, make it real. And I really believe that you did that today. So it's like, yes, we have these high level, because we always read a scripture and we always expound on whatever at a high level. But what is actually in 2021, what do we do to practically walk that out, to, to live into that? And I love it because you're all the things that you said about good leadership, the actual opposite side of the coin, as you phrased it, is true as well. So if you don't do those things, and I love it that you said, listen, the sign of a good leader, and I, if I had to summarize this, I'd say what you told us is the sign of a good leader is one who listens not just hears, but actually listens. And I think there's a big difference there. Of course, that goes right along with us as we teach people to share the gospel. You need to love, listen, discern, and respond. And that is true in every relationship that we have on planet Earth. But I think that's what you just crested. And you said that's the most important thing. Because for the people that are serving under you, for say, like if they know that you are a leader that listens that's everything. Well, at least they listen. On my job one time, I remember going through the factory and they said this of the CEO. They said, you know, he comes and he spends time with us every single year, twice a year, and he'll show up with a legal pad and he'll say, hey, what part of your job could be improved that will be the betterment for our customers? And they said he always wrote down what every single employee said. And he said, now someone will get back to you. It may be me. It may be somebody else. But they said, we will tell you, we will get back to you. And we will say, yes, we're actually going to implement this idea to you, or we're going to put this one on the back burner for right now. But they would always be encouraged by the fact that he listened and he wrote it down and he paid attention to it. I was going to say, I wanted to walk that back a little bit. You said that was the most important thing. And then I just got to thinking, oh God, let me repent. The most important thing is making sure that you keep God front and center, because there's a lot of times as a leader, you have to make a decision. And even though you've listened to all the information, um, my wife always likes to ask me this question. And sometimes it's not when I want to hear it, but she'll say, have you prayed about that yet? And, uh, you know, I'll be working on something like, like I used to work on computers and I'd be frustrated and couldn't get it. Have you prayed about that? Did you pray over that computer yet? No, I don't want to pray over this computer now because at that point I was frightfully angry. Uh, but, you know, that's the big thing is, is think about the greatest leader of all time and what he – he listened to the Father, and he only did what the Father allowed him to do. But he also – he I mean, he was down with the people. Yeah. He wasn't afraid. I think that's the other thing is in my business where we've got construction, development, apartment management – and with that comes maintenance, and the maintenance guys, man, they, they've got some, no pun intended, some really cruddy jobs that they do, and, and some of that is, you know, dealing with toilets, and and they know that I will put gloves on and a, and a coveralls and, and go help them. You know, I mean, they just yeah. know that that's, and I think that's part of the beauty of Jesus is he got down with us, 
and served us. So a leader is a server. But yeah, then then it gets into listening and after that. But I almost felt like, gosh, I I want to walk that back a second. So um, <laughs> that's the big thing. And I think the reason I feel so thankful and humble about what I do is I am no one special. I'm not college educated. I'm not, you know, I don't have anything special. I don't come from rich parents. I don't. I, none of that. None of that makes sense. But God opens the doors and and favor is not fair. So I, I really I feel that God's favor really has played in my life. But then. You know, just going back to him and saying, Lord, I can't do this without you, and I haven't done this without you. That's where a, a leader really does most of his work on his knees. That's true humility. That, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's going to him and saying, you can't do it. I, I can't do it without you. And, um, you know, there are times where I, I've caught myself where I start getting a little proud about something I've done, or I like to be front and center, and then I, oh, i got to back up a little bit. I'm not here because I did it. So Yeah, that's uh, good. So yeah, yeah I think good. I think so. that's very practical the the humility piece like for me personally like my favorite kind of leader is a humble leader. And and I know yeah. that you can be my wife likes to term it humble to a fault. I understand that you can be that way to to the max, but to me my favorite kind of leader is a humble leader, one that's able to say, "You know what? I've rethought this. I've, you know, I've prayed about it, Robert, like you said, that your wife reminds you, I've done this, right? And listen, um the Lord kind of corrected me on this." And to me, that's real life. That's practicality. That is walking this out because again as you so eloquently shared there's safety in a multitude of counselors so listen it's this wisdom that we surround ourselves with that help us uh, stay on the right track be humble and be good leaders so unfortunately robert we're out of time it just flies it's so funny how you think hey we're gonna have a little 10 15 minute conversation and people go like whoa i don't know they can do that but all of a sudden here we are already out of time but thank you so much for jumping on the call with us today robert no problem mark you've been listening to time to revive thanks for listening to time to revive this show has been brought to you by shine fm and revive ohio more information about this program at shinefmohio.com the shine fm podcast network